Aleluia. Aleluia. We have uh, lost sometimes the value of a name. I know as uh, I interact with individuals and I ask them, um, you know, where their parents came up with uh, their name, and uh, some of them say, well, they saw it on a cereal box. Think okay, or they, uh, you know, just came up with it, or you know, they didn't have a good story with it, or something. And but the names, you know, when you read through the scriptures, they had such value. You know, they had meaning. There was a story behind it. the name of Jesus you know that name there's so much power in it it is a name above every name you know it is it is a name that one day every knee will bow to it's a name that commands respect it's a name that um, opens doors sets captives free you know it's a name that brings healing you know it was that, na- that name that brought me into the kingdom of God was that name that broke broke open my hard heart you know it's amazing what that name can do you know I was caught up in my knowledge my self-sufficiency and yet that name had the ability to penetrate and to open me up to an understanding that I needed a Savior when I didn't think I needed anything. That name made me understand that I was nothing without Him. amazing what a name can do. There is no other name like it. This season elevates that name. It's it's what we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Turn to that person on your left or on your right and just let them know something about Jesus that you, uh, that you just love. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Kids, church, you are dismissed. As children are leaving, I want to remind uh, everyone after our service today, we are having a bake auction for our youth. And then 2 o'clock, Meredith, um, right behind us. Just a reminder, ladies, we are meeting at 2 o'clock, just downstairs in the fellowship hall. Uh, We've got hot chocolate, and then we'll do a craft. I have 15 crafts, so just to let you know show up and if you want to make a craft we can make one and it'll be fun so see you at two o'clock so you can be crafty ladies praise god today we celebrate the promise of joy what a gift you know uh, we are in the midst of this um, uh, advent season the celebration of the coming, and uh, today uh, we are celebrating the, the process or the coming of uh, joy, joy, I love joy, um, we should be as Christians the most joyous people in the world, you know, if we're not, we have other issues that need to be examined and so, church, we, we need to go deeper, and uh, <laughs> sometimes we have to tell our face to smile. Now, that was me. Can I be honest? I had to tell myself to smile. Now, I did not grow up in a smiling home. Actually, in my home life growing up, we did not have much to smile about. We were a miserable people, (laughs) you know, growing up. We were, you know. um, Most of my life growing up, um, my dad was an alcoholic. You know, there was abuse, there was yelling, screaming, and gnashing of teeth. It was a precursor to hell. You know, that's just, that's what we experienced, you know. Especially Christmas season, when it was supposed to be a joyous season, there was no joy in the season. You know, it was just, it was terrible. And um, I just, I don't remember any positive experiences around Christmas. It is sad. Now I have nothing but positive experiences around Christmas. You know, especially because my son was born on Christmas Day, which is a very you know, positive experience, you know, but growing up, my every Christmas day, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, every Christmas day, my mom and dad fought because my mom had it in her mind that she was taking down the Christmas tree and all the decorations every Christmas day. Now, we, do, we did too, <laughs> Not, not because of the same reason. 
We, we did because we're used to. We don't do it anymore, but we used to because halfway through Christmas Day, we would take down all the Christmas decorations and set up for a birthday party. So we did it intentionally to celebrate Matthew the latter half of the day. But my mom just had it in her mind that she was going to take down all the Christmas decorations, and my dad liked Christmas. And so as my mom started taking down the decorations, my dad would get mad at her. And it would, it would literally break out into a fight to where things would be said and thrown and, and every year we'd buy new Christmas decorations because they were going to get broke. That was, that was, my, that was my Christmas memories every year. So I never look forward to Christmas because it's like, it's going to be terrible. And so I just wanted to leave, but we couldn't go anywhere. We had to stay home. You know, my family was one of those ones where my dad didn't let us leave and go to other people's homes. We weren't allowed. So when I left home, I knew our experience was not going to be that. I want to enjoy family. I love family. And we made an intentional decision to celebrate family. And so when I, when I got saved and we started, and I started understanding more about the season, I had to start telling myself to smile more because I hadn't developed the habit of smiling. And when you've lived most of your earlier years never developing a habit of smiling, your facial, facial muscles have to be trained. Smile. And for a while, it looks awkward. <laughs> you, you see those people walking around like this? Like, you know they're not used to smiling yet. But it's okay. You can learn to smile. And after a while, it becomes more natural. But I had to teach myself to smile. Especially when I got into ministry, because when I was preaching, and, and people would say, Pastor, you need to smile once in a while because you're scaring the people. It's like, okay. I try to do that, make people relax a little bit. Because I really love what I do, but I get pretty serious. Now, when I was a football coach, I, people didn't care if I smiled because I motivated them. That, you didn't need, they don't expect a football coach to smile when you're coaching. You know, but, you know, as a pastor, they want you to smile once in a while. But when we're coming into this season, it's, now, really, it's all year long. It's all year long, but when we're coming into this season, that is real. Faces should show something that is really blossoming inside of us. Dealing with a joy. So the... the the title is The Promise of Joy. That's, that's our focus for today. The celebration of the coming of the gift of joy. Now, when I look at Christmas today, I'm a gift giver. Now, you may not realize that unless you're my family, but I have always been a gift giver. I give lots of gifts to, I've always given lots of gifts to my kids. Um, 
Now, sometimes they want money because they like buying their own gifts sometimes, or they have a bigger gift. Is there anybody else's kids get to that place in life where they, they want money? Now, some of my kids realize it is better if they give me gift ideas because they actually get better things than if they just tell me, just give them money. Because sometimes it actually goes over a dollar amount than just to, you know, a certain dollar. Because otherwise it locks in, when it's money, then it locks in a certain dollar amount. When it's not, then sometimes there's a little flex in there. But I love giving gifts. And I love watching people unwrap their presents, especially if they don't know what they're giving, they're getting, you know. And I am good at never revealing what somebody gets. I am, man, you, you will not get out of me what somebody else is getting. If I've bought it, I will bring it home and wrap it up. And, and you won't, I'm, I am good at not telling anybody what they get. You can ask my kids. If they don't know what they're getting, I won't talk to them about it. And they'll ask. Now, there are certain children of mine that are terrible um, at this process because they want to, they're terrible at waiting. I, I won't mention her name, you know. Now, she, she may not be here today, and she may have four children. But she is terrible at waiting for presents. I didn't tell you her name, Elaine. You may be... 100% right, but um, <laughs> she doesn't do well waiting at all. She wants, as soon as she gets a present, she wants to give it. <laughs> but I can kind of understand a little bit about the Heavenly Father and the sending of Jesus. The amount of joy that must have been present in his heart when he knew, he knew from the beginning that he was going to send Jesus. I, I, I kind of have this, a little inclination in my heart about what was present in his, that he knew he was going to be sending his son because of the amount of joy that's present in me. Now, I probably only have a small inclination of that. But, but I can understand just a little bit that there was something present in, in God the Father that he was going to be sending his one and only son, the most incredible gift mankind ever was going to receive. And it was going to be a gift of great joy. Wow. Now, just as some people are good gift receivers and some aren't, the world is the same way. Some people in this world received that gift well and some didn't. And still today, some people receive that gift well and some don't. But today, I want to share with you regarding the promise of joy, the first thing that we're going to deal with, that Jesus' birth is the source of true joy in this world. Jesus' birth is the source of true joy. If, if you have not quite experienced true joy, 
it goes back to that you have not experienced Jesus yet. The book of Isaiah in Isaiah 40 verses 3 through 5 says this. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. See, God promises that there will be a time of preparation before Christ's birth. And that preparation was a time of straightening, of leveling, a time that God comes in, begins to prepare the place for the birth of Christ. And I believe that God begins to prepare our hearts for the birth of Christ inside of us. That God is, has been working on us and in us to prepare for Jesus Christ to be born inside of us anew. For something to happen. See, God sent Jesus to this earth not just to be a, a figurehead, not just to be a man of history, but he, he was sent to this earth to be a transformational character in the lives of men and women because it was his desire that he would reunite men and women to the Father. And so Jesus was that conduit to reunite us. And he is that source when we plug into Christ, when we allow Christ to be deposited within our, within our hearts, there is something that begins to happen inside of us that plugs us into true joy. But we have to access it daily. Those days that I don't feel joyful, I know I'm not plugging into the source. When I have a laptop that um, it, it runs on a battery anytime it is not plugged in. And every time it dies... I have to go plug it in. Uh, my iPad, a great device, as long as it's charged. But when it dies, i got to go plug it back in. You, I, have a battery source. And um, whether you realize it or not, you need to plug into the source. Um, and, and that source is God the Father. And it is that there is an empowering that comes when we plug into God through Jesus. Because He is that avenue. He is the plug, as it might be, that we have the ability to plug in to G, through the Father. He is the one that was sent, the sent one, and so Jesus wants us to connect back to the Father. He is, he is why God sent him. He, he's the one that God sent so that we can have access to the Father again. That's why he came. 
And so Jesus is the source of joy for us. If we're not joyful, we need to look to Jesus again. We need to begin to re-examine what He is in our life, what He is doing, why we're not joyful. Why aren't we smiling? What are we missing out on? What are we not telling our faces? What are we not preparing for every day? Preparation. Every day you have to prepare for the week, for the day. You know, um, some, some people wait until Thanksgiving, maybe the week after Thanksgiving. Our family, like a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, um, I normally go out into our, our shed and, and garage and gather up all of our Christmas decorations, our Christmas tree, and, and we set up for Christmas. You know, we don't wait for Thanksgiving or the week after. We, we are an early decorate for Christmas people. You know, we've set up in, in October before. I definitely don't decorate for Halloween. So I might as well decorate for a a season that I enjoy. But we prepare for those things that we want to celebrate. What do you want to celebrate in life? If you're not celebrating much, it's it's because you haven't prepared for it. We need to begin to prepare for the things we want to celebrate in life. You know, I was talking about um, Gabriel in January is retiring from the military. And so I told him I want to be there at his retirement. I want to celebrate with him. We're going to have a party for him at the church because I believe it's important that we celebrate those events. Tristan and Christina are graduating college this next spring, and we're going to have a party for them here at the church. I believe we should celebrate those events. We're preparing now to celebrate then. Paxton is graduating high school. We're preparing now to celebrate then. So we have events that are coming up, we are preparing now to celebrate then. But see, if we don't prepare now, it's hard to celebrate then. So we have to go through a time of preparation to be ready to celebrate. In the Old Testament, there were prophecies dealing with the coming of Christ, preparing for the coming so that the celebration would be ready. God did not want them to be unprepared. Any boy of the miraculous that are in the way of us, in the way to experiencing the joy of the miraculous birth of Christ are removed. And we need to be willing to remove any barriers to us experiencing the true joy of Christ in our lives. What is a barrier to you experiencing joy 
in your life. Let's look at another passage of Scripture that really illustrates this well for us. Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 17. It says, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to their Lord. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. While Zechariah was serving, the angel showed up. And the Lord was speaking. He was gripped with fear. And the message came again, Don't be afraid! Again, a common thing that we would all be dealing with as an angel showed up. Fear would grip us. But this boy, this new son that was going to be coming to them would be a son that would bring great joy. He would be a gift A man filled with the Spirit and the power of Elijah. What a promise! Turning the hearts of the fathers to their children. Preparing the people for the coming of the Lord. Causing the rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. What a promise for uh, Zechariah to receive at this point in his life. Preparing the people for the way of the Lord. Again, he was setting the stage, preparing the people for the celebration of what Jesus Christ was going to be doing on the earth. Church, we need to understand that even though today we don't realize our full part in all that God has for us, we have a part to play today in His in preparing people for His second coming. That's why it's so important that our faces reveal what's going on in our hearts. And the truth is, sometimes they still do. (laughs) Sometimes they reveal that our hearts are sad and missing out on the joy of what Christ came to do. And we need to deal with that as well. We need to realize, my second point is, that it is a joy to prepare others to experience God. 
And if we don't realize that now, if we miss out on that, we will miss out on one of the most important things that God has tasked us with. I love sharing with other people the joy of the season, telling people about Jesus Christ. As I sat down yesterday with our board, talking about this next year, and and how um, I believe that this next year we are going to, as a church, see souls be saved. I have been praying for my list. How many of you are praying for your list of people? Okay. Now, I, I told you um, that I have, part of my list is I have put my family on there. My, my youngest brother is on my list. Now, um, since I started praying for my youngest brother, I've had more, let me start that, I've had positive interactions for the first time since I moved back here nine years ago. Positive interaction. Multiple times. Actually, I've had only positive interaction since I've talked with my brother. He's actually called me twice and asked me if I wanted something from my mom's house. Now, we went down and cleaned out my mom's house because she's in a nursing home now. And, um, and my brother's never called me and asked me if I wanted anything prior to this time. And, and the only thing that is different is that I started praying for his salvation. Now, I've prayed occasionally for his salvation over the years. But this has been a concentrated, focused effort from a month ago when I wrote his name down and started praying for him. That's the difference. And I believe that over this next year, there's going to be more change happening in his life and in the life of all these people that I'm praying for. And I believe that's going to happen for your life too. Now, do I believe he's going to come to my church? I, I don't know that. I mean, he lives in Arcanum. You know, that's an hour from here. I don't think he's going to, honestly, I don't honestly think he's going to drive an hour to come to church. He could. But that's not my intention. But I do believe because I'm praying for souls to be saved regardless of where they go, we are going to reap souls being saved coming in here from our community. We have some new things that we are preparing for that this next year we're going to have some new things happening that you're going to be able to plug into intentionally focusing on outreach in the Bellbrook area. Um, we have a new digital sign that keep your prayers coming will show up tomorrow. We ordered it several months ago. And it was, you know, parts of it were stuck in uh, the Pacific Ocean for several months. But now, it, you know, was supposed to be here last week. Right now, from everything we know, it's in Columbus. 
So that means Monday we should have it, Lord willing. So um, we're praying, and, and then we're and it's supposed to be warm next week. So if everything goes well, next week we, we, our new digital sign can be installed before Christmas, and we'll be able to advertise our Christmas Eve service. We're going to be able to advertise all the different events we have coming up. And uh, we are so thankful, so excited about the things that God has allowed us to accomplish this year. It's been an amazing year. Through everything that's gone on, God still, His hand of favor in next year, present. But we believe that it is just the beginning of what God's going to do this next year. And that's going to lead to really souls being saved. That's the most important thing is that we believe that God's going to bring souls to be saved, but we believe that's going to be done through you. Okay? (laughs) Through you. That God wants to use you in the winning of souls. Do you understand that? That he wants to use you? That it... He wants you to experience that. He wants others to experience joy through your experience. That's why we went through the whole process of you sharing your testimony. See, I believe the most joyful people during this time of year are the ones who have experienced the hope and peace of God in their lives because of their trust in Jesus. If you know Jesus, you should have great hope, great peace, and great joy. And I know this for sure. Joy is a commodity that is in short supply in this world. It is is no question when you walk these streets, when you walk in the stores, and you look at the faces and the countenance of many of the people, people are downcast, they are depressed, they need joy, and we have it, and we don't have to charge a dime for it, we can give it away. There's a song out there, I'm going to bless you all by not singing it, but, you know, I'll share a couple of the words. I get joy when I think about what the Lord has done for me, right? And, And it should put a little bit of a hop in your step when you get to think about what the Lord's done for you. Here's a question for you. What is one way you can sacrificially bring joy to those around you this week? And see, I say it sacrificially because I know it's going to cost some of you to step out of your comfort zone and share with someone this week. Because it's not always easy to talk to somebody. (laughs) Especially when people are in a hurry. When people are are focused on accomplishing something. How can your life be a beacon of hope because of your love for Jesus? John was sent to be a beacon of hope. In our passage in Luke... Zechariah, 
in one, 18 through, chapter 1, 18 through 20, it says, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? Isn't that a question many of us would ask? I'm an old man now. <laughs> and my wife is also well along in years. That's probably a safer way to say she's old too, right? Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. And he was not saying it lightly. This, this is said with emphasis. I am sure Gabriel was mad. Now, Zechariah was frightened when Gabriel showed up the first time. Or showed up, you know, in this first, in, you know, at the, earlier in the moment here. And now, Zechariah has the, the nerve to question him. <laughs> and the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. <laughs> It was he who sent me to bring you this message. Do you have the nerve to really ask me that now? <laughs> Do you think God just sends me here on this mission to give some kind of message because he has extra words? I just gave you that little extra there. I gave the extra. <laughs> and I love 20. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until this child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Because you chose not to believe, <laughs> you won't get to talk until this baby is born. How many of you would be silent for a while because you, you didn't believe what God gave you a message for, huh? How silent would the church be some days? <laughs> wow <laughs> come to church and nobody's saying a word for a while it's like well we know it was a rough week God spoke we questioned God said you're going to be shutting up for a while but we would also know that God had shown up in a few people's lives and we'd also know that God's getting ready to do something. Picking up at 57, it says, When the time came for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What they exclaimed, there is no one in all your family named by that name. Now this, was, this one caught me off guard. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father. He couldn't speak. He didn't say he was deaf. I just, I still, it's like, I read that through seven. It's like, why are you using gestures to t just talk to him? He motioned for a writing tablet. He probably f stated first, I can still hear. And then he said, His name is John. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began 
praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. When the baby is born, there is excuse me, when the baby is born, there is a familiar discussion taking place because anytime an event like this takes place, God is always showing up in a special way. I, I remember when our children were born, there was something special that we always think, what is God going to do with our children? And we are so excited every day looking at the things that God is doing with them now, knowing that God is getting ready to break loose something amazing through their life. God is doing an amazing work in our lives and in the life of all those who who will recognize his hand working in them. But we can never lose sight of God's hand working. See, I believe we should be people marked by joy because of this grace given to us from the very beginning. We, mean, we need to recognize the grace of God that has been poured out on us as His children. I know, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was God's grace poured out on me at 16 years of age that gave me an opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God when I did. It was only God's grace that made it possible for me to be here today. When we live our lives from a place of joy, word spreads quickly and people are in awe of what God is doing. What are you living your life from? Are you living it from a place of joy or are you living your life from a place of deep pain and deep sadness. Now, I'm not telling you that you don't have deep pain and deep sadness in your life. You may have events that have caused that. But if you've experienced Christ, you have a decision to make. Are you going to live your life from the pain and the sadness, or are you going to live your life from the joy deposited from Christ? Because we get to make a choice every day. I know every day I have to get up and make a choice. And it took a long time for me to get over the pain that I had present from my earlier years. And even in that, I've shared my story with you that a lot of my anger issues I suppressed and didn't deal with and just over the last year and a half, two years, dealt with some of my anger so that I could actually process it and understand, boy, there, I have a lot of anger that I had to deal with that I never dealt with from my younger years, being mad at my dad, being mad at my mom, being mad at my family for all the things that went on there that really was hurting how I processed even love towards my family. 
And I believe even in acknowledging those things helped me to even enter into a greater level of joy for my life today. My question for you today is, what is one way you can display the good news of this season by the way you live your life? I, I jumped one, didn't I? I hear you, Miss Elaine. See, number three says our joy comes from the grace of God. Thank you for catch, keeping me in line. I do. I do. I know you're never going to let me skip anything for long. That's right. I need, I need people to keep me on my toe, toes. I have more than one toe. I'd be weird standing up here with just one of them. Our joy comes from the grace of God. See, I dealt with the grace of God. I just skipped the point. And then joy and grace was the next two fill-ins. And then the last two were good news was what is one way you can display the good news of this season by the way you live your life. I didn't even give you that many fill-ins and I still skip one. Sometimes I get so involved and I still, you know. We have the message of good news. I love when it's coupled with we have a message of good news, of great joy. For all people. And we should never keep it to ourselves. We should share it freely to all those that we come to every day. And so, this week, I challenge you to share it freely to people everywhere you go. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to at least share it with six people this week. The message of good news, of great joy. Six people. There's seven days. Six people. So between now and next Sunday... One person a day, and you get one day off, right? Joy. Six different people over the next week share the message of good news with great joy. Share the reason for the season with six people. Now, some of you are going to say, well, can I do all six in one day? Listen, I'm not giving you parameters on how you do this. I'm just telling you, Six people. How you do it is up to you. If you are feeling bold and feisty and you go out and do six people in a day, you have fulfilled the requirement. I just am challenge you to go out and share the message with six people this week. I'm challenging you to do so. 
I believe that if you will go out and do that this week, I believe you're going to experience such great joy in your own life that you will be amazed at what it does inside of you. So let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the good news of great joy that was given to us. We thank you that even from uh, the example that you sent to us in Zechariah, how even as he questioned the angel, that you made an example and how there was a period of time that he needed to be silent so that the message was brought home. That what you are doing is an important work in our lives. And so I pray today that we would take your message very seriously. That what you came to do here in our lives on this earth is a serious thing. That this message at this time is a very important message. And that it should be given a prominent role in our lives at this time. And we should take it to the people that we come in contact with every day. That every day we should take an opportunity to share this good news of great joy with someone that we meet, that we see, that we come in contact with. That we should go out of our way to make a difference in the world that we live in. That we should tell our faces to smile, to show the work of Christ in our lives. That we remind ourselves that there is living within us the Savior of the world. And if He is not living there yet, then today is the day that we can make that right. And so if you don't know Jesus yet, today is another opportunity for you to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I know some of you are thinking, well, didn't you do that last week? Well, yes. But here is the thing, there is no limit on how many times we can ask. Because the truth is, if someone watching online doesn't know Jesus, we want to give them an opportunity as well. And if you don't know Jesus, we want you to understand how important this decision is. And, and if it takes us asking every week, then we will ask every week. Because we want you to know how important Jesus is in your life. And so if you don't know Jesus, then we want you to experience Jesus today. And so wherever you're seated at today, we just want you to do this. First off, we want you to just, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to just to make a bold declaration right now, first acknowledging by raising your hand, saying, I don't know Jesus. I have not made him Lord and Savior of my life. And you're willing to just raise a hand saying, I need Jesus. Wherever you're seated at. If there's any. Okay. We are not 
going to beat people up over those things. But what we do want you to understand is if you don't know Jesus, that you can come to any one of our leaders at any time and just simply say, hey, will you pray with me? I'd really like to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And we'll pray with you. And um, it's not a hard prayer. But it is an important prayer. But it's a prayer that only you, it's a decision only you can make. No one can, no one can make that decision for you. You have to make it. And so, Father, I just thank you for each individual here today. I, I pray for those that are online with us. If there is, Father, if there is just one today that needs to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, I pray if they're online that they would reach out to us. If they're in this in this. Uh, church today that they would reach out to one of our leaders and and father just let us know that they want to acknowledge you as lord and savior of their life father we thank you for the work of christ in our lives jesus thank you for coming thank you for the work that you've done in our lives for the joy that was deposited in our souls. Thank you for the gift that was given. And today we celebrate you. The promise of joy that was given. The joy that we're able to live out every day. And today we pray your blessing on this week as we go out to share the gift of joy to this world that we go into. We ask for this in your name. Amen. At this time, we're going to wait upon you for our morning tithes and offering. And then we will ask all of you to join us to in the fellowship hall where we will have our youth bake auction. Gentlemen, come, and then we'll pray. Father, we thank you for this great day, and uh, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We pray your blessing on uh, our offering. Multiply it to meet the needs of our church, and uh, we thank you for your faithfulness. We ask for this in your name. Amen. If you're giving online, uh, there is a uh, screen that, or a uh, slide that is showing where you can access our online giving, and um, we just thank you for... Uh, your faithfulness and, uh, and support there. Blessings to you all.